the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. Here we go. Faith and works. Murray came in with some canoe paddles, and I say to my shame that I went in the garage last night and couldn't find my canoe paddle to show you. Oh dear, it needs a serious tidy up, doesn't it, my garage? But anyway, luckily I found a picture of Murray paddling his canoe just to remind you of how he started this series. And Murray said he must have had some reason for bringing these canoe paddlers in here and waving them around. Does anybody remember what that was all about? Anybody? Nobody at all. Sorry, Murray, he's probably watching this. Nobody has any idea what it was about. Oh, they did. Mark. <laughs> Busted. Come on. Yes. The balance between faith and works. I'm saying I'm parroting answers into the microphone because of the recording, all right? Not because Mark isn't clear in his speaking. So what Murray was saying, a picture from years ago in his life when somebody said faith and works a bit like the... the the uh, blades on the paddle, you have to get them in balance and in fact work them with some skill. I know growing up in Auckland, the city of sales, one of the most entertaining things was watching someone try to learn to row a boat. Always very funny as they went in circles and dropped doors and stuff. So it takes some skill to paddle through life and this whole business about faith and works have to be in balance. You know, if you try and be all faith or all works, it doesn't work. Now that's, there are some strange things things when we start to unpack this, and I'm going to unpack it today. This is James. Uh, James wrote this. He wrote, faith without works is dead or useless, didn't he? I'm, I'm just going to turn a light off here so you can see that bit better. Is that better? Yeah, there we go. That's all right, isn't it? No, that's not all right. Sorry. Now I can't see. Bingo. So that's what James wrote. Faith without works is dead. And in fact, James in verse 14 of the same chapter, he wrote this, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if somebody claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Wow, it sounds like James was talking about a non-saving faith. And yet Paul said, Well, we're saved by grace, we are saved through faith and not of works, lest any man should boast. So on the one hand, James is saying this, and then Paul's there, and because the scripture is correct, we somehow have to make some sense of that. Where does that all fit? All right, let's have a look at this. This is something else. So, you, so it seems as if we could have some kind of faith without works. And look at this. That's from Hebrew. Uh, sorry. It's, it's um, repentance from dead works. So, so Hebrews talks about repentance from dead works. Uh, and and he. And 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 and, the, and sorry, and Rome, I'm getting mixed up here. Romans says whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. So we we seem to have this strange thing as if there could be works that don't proceed from faith. What does the Bible say about those? They're sin. That's pretty simple, isn't it? And then we can have faith without works, and what's that? That's useless, isn't it? So there seems to be this concept that you really could be going around in circles with one paddle if you don't have both in balance. Now, I want to just tell, to unpack this a little bit. Let's first of all talk about this whole idea of faith without works. I, I went to a family group conference not so long ago, and it was a youth justice one, and a, a young man had been busted for an armed robbery. And uh, here we are sitting in the, in the family group conference, and 
somebody asked the question to the young man, we'll call him Fred, uh, Fred, do you know the Lord? And a great aunt chipped in, she says, of course he knows the Lord, every Maori knows the Lord. That made me think about it. Because you know what, the auntie wasn't totally wrong. Because this young man has been to youth group, he's had touches from God, he's been miraculously healed himself, he's worshipped God, I've seen him jumping around with the music, worshipping God with all his heart, he loves Aaron and Amy and me, he's loyal. But nonetheless, something's wrong in the recipe, isn't it? I won't say it's totally faith without works, because some of the things in his life, you could see the faith. And then I also deal a lot in my work with, with what I'll call young grandmothers, women in their 50s, perhaps late 40s, and their life looks something like this. It's quite common. You go in there and the house is a bit bashed up, and they owe $1,000 damages to the landlord. Why is that? Because their oldest sons, or their, they, these boys are typically late teens to mid-20s, they demand money and cigarettes off their mother, and if she doesn't pay up, they smash up the house to punish her, you see, so this is quite a common business, and then, so we, we ask questions like, well, you know, how are you getting on, what do you do for solace, well, I drink a bit too much, and why are you broke, because she has a cigarette habit, which is, you know, that's very expensive nowadays, smoking cigarettes, and we start to unpack things, and it sounds as if her life is very, very difficult, and then I say, so do you have a faith in God, oh yes, I have a faith in God, every morning I just pray that God will help me, and take me through the day, they say, and, I, and I'm looking at this thing once again, a little bit the same, isn't it? That, is it faith without works? No, it's not. The work is there. They pray. They believe in God. They, and and to, be, to be honest, that prayer helps take them through the day and sustain them through the hard times. But something's wrong in the recipe, isn't it? Not quite faith without works, but the full thing doesn't seem to work out how it should. Bill Gothard, the American uh, teacher, told a story from America. It was a made-up story, but uh, it, it illustrated the point. He said, a young boy goes to his father and he says, Dad, we're Christians, right? Yes, son, we're Christians. And the people across the road, they're not Christians. No, no, they're, they're not Christians. He said, then why is it that the people across the road seem to have their life in order? They get along well with each other. Their finances are okay. The, the, you know, Things seem to be working for them, and yet we're always arguing and fighting, and we're always broke, and we're in debt, and things don't seem to work out for us. Why? Now, Bill Gothard's answer is this. He says this. This family, the Christian family, have come to faith in Jesus Christ. They've accepted him as Savior, and they've got eternal life ahead of them, but they haven't gone further and actually looked at how does the Bible say we should live? How does the Bible say we should handle disputes? How does the Bible say we should handle our marriage? How does the Bible say we should manage our finances? The people across the road, on the other hand, don't believe in Jesus Christ, but they've accidentally picked up some good scriptural values, being honest, you know, managing your finances well. And that's, those are examples, aren't they, of faith either without works or faith that doesn't quite work out. Now, the Bible also says you can have dead works, which uh, I wonder what that means. Works without faith are dead works. And even that one, you know, when I started thinking about it, what about this fellow? Who's he? He stands in the church there. He says, thank you, God, that I'm not like everybody else. I pay my tithes. I pray twice a day. I fast twice a week. I tithe all my vegetables, he says. Not like that schmuck in the corner behind him. You see? Is he praying from faith? Yes, he is. He's got faith in his own righteousness, hasn't he? You see, so faith can be misplaced. 
It can, can't it? Most people do things from faith. The gangster does things in faith. He won't get caught and he'll get rich. He'll have more to gain than lose by being a gangster. What about this famous person? Whoops, no, we've gone back there. Who's this? See, Julie Andrews sings in The Sound of Music. You'll know why I didn't get the job. I have confidence in sunshine. I have confidence in rain. I have confidence in confidence alone. Besides what you see, I have confidence in me. See, she's got a lot of faith. But I want to tell you that if you put all your confidence in sunshine, it might not shine. If you put all your confidence in rain, the hydro lakes dry up. And we have to keep the Huntley Power Station greenies, all right? I have confidence in confidence alone. What on earth does that even mean? And if you have confidence in Maria von Trapp or Julie Andrews, I'm afraid she'll let you down too. The irony of it is, of course, the real Maria von Trapp had a great faith in the living God. But Disney Studios didn't really say much about that because it didn't really fit the picture they wanted us to have. So what is faith anyway? What is faith? Do you know? Does the Bible tell us? It does, doesn't it? And that you might be thinking of that. What does it say now? Faith is confidence in what we hope for, an assurance about what we do not see. Okay? I've got faith that this is going to happen even though I can't see it. But I want to tell you today, and you can think about this, because you always have to think about what I say, I don't think that's all that faith is. I think faith is all that, and I think it's more. I want to ask about this. What do we mean by faithful? What do we think of when we think of a faithful dog, a faithful husband, a faithful wife? Does the dog have a vision of something he can't see? Or is the faithful dog full of faith in another way? Is there another dimension to faith? And the answer, of course, is yes. The answer is yes. I grew up surrounded by people of great faith. Uh, it was a great privilege, and I loved it. I saw lots of miracles. I can remember standing there as, as somebody prayed, and somebody's leg grows to match the other one, and their hips come right because their legs were you know, different lengths. I can remember that. I can remember when the car broke down, and everybody laid hands on the car, prayed for the car. Boom, it started. So next time the car broke down, I prayed. That didn't work. I can remember my friend, school, still at school, you know, and, and John was going down the road to an emergency. God's got a call on his life, and the traffic light goes orange, and he yells, in Jesus' name, go green, and the light went green, and boom, through the car. See? I grew up with that sort of stuff, feeling, mm? yeah, for a purpose. But it didn't work for, I mean, I wasn't like that. I just felt like a bit of a twit, because, no, I can't repeat that. John probably could, I don't know. <laughs> but, but I felt very unspiritual. I didn't have faith like that, you see. And that, by the way, is why I learned to fix cars. You know that I can fix cars? That's why. Because the time I prayed for my car and it wouldn't start, this grumpy mechanic said to me, your earth wire's loose. And it was, the earth lead was loose. And so I, <laughs> I went and worked in his garage and got apprenticed. So anyway, maybe God knows best. But I, you know, much of my life I felt inferior. My mum said, Jeremy, you think too much. And maybe I'm right. Maybe she was right. But one day at a Bible study, not so very many years ago, we were talking about faith. What is faith? And I cautiously said this. I said, you know, as I got older and read the Bible a lot, I think that a big part of faith is faithfulness, actually carrying on and doing it. And somebody who was quite high up in that church says, no, that's not true at all. Faith and faithfulness are totally different things, and they kicked me out of the Bible study group. 
Yeah, so I thought, well, since I've been kicked out, let's see what the story is. So I went home and I actually looked it up. You know, I like to research stuff. I'd only just been talking from a hunch. But when I looked it up, this is what I found. There's a Greek word. It's, it's called pistos, and it means faithful and steady. The faithful dog has pistos. It's steady and it's faithful. And then coming from that is the Greek word pistos, which means faith, faithfulness, and steadfastness. It's the same word. I couldn't speak this sermon in Greek because they go, what are you talking about? Two sides to faith. It's all the same thing. It's pistos. It means you really believe something. You've got a vision and you just keep on going. And it actually comes from a word that means to be persuaded. And if you're really persuaded, you'll take a big step of faith to start something and you'll keep on going if you're really persuaded, won't you? Because that's what faith is. It's being persuaded. Now, who's this guy? That's Abraham, all right? Now, Abraham's faith is told to us in the Bible as being a great thing because he believed God. He believed God it was worth leaving his home. He's going to have a baby even though he's as old as. He believed God for all that stuff. By the way, he faltered sometimes. Abraham goofed up. And taking another wife, not a good idea. Don't do it, guys. So, but however, in the end... Abraham's faith. We say, How do we know Abraham had faith? Because he kept on going. That's right. Yeah. Fell on his face and got back up again. But he kept on going. And then we look at another hero of the faith called Noah. And you go, wow, Noah had great faith because he believed that God was going to flood the whole earth when some people say it had never rained before. He didn't even know what floods were. They'd never seen him. He believed it. That was faith, wasn't it? But what was real faith was this. He spent 100 years building a boat because he'd been told he's going to need it. Through the years and through all the jeers, everyone goes, what are you doing? What are you on, man? But he kept on doing it. See, and this guy here, whoops, that's, I'm pressing buttons by accident here. That's, that's Moses. And once again, Moses, uh, he's, he's a highly educated man. He's a prince. Because he thinks there's something good at the end of it, he spends 40 years being a shepherd out in the wilderness with sheep. And then God calls him, you're going to be my spokesperson. And Moses wasn't very willing. No, I can't even speak. But in the end, was he a man of faith or not? Yeah, sure, he tried to chicken out and everything else. But in the end, when it all came to it, year after year after year, Moses did the job with some slip-ups, but he'd pick himself up and he'd carry on again. And in fact, faith is faithfulness, and faithfulness is faith. That's what I'm going to say. Now, God is faithful. Is this still working? Oh, yes, it is. Uh, God is faithful, the Bible tells us. And God doesn't need to believe in things he can't see because he can see everything. But where God is faithful is he keeps on going. and keeps on going. And we're going to sing a song about that later on. You know, it takes great faith to get married. I tried to get my wedding photo up here, but I couldn't make it work. So that's someone else. But what happened was when I got married, I took a lot of faith there, didn't I? I thought I had faith that marrying was a good idea. I had faith in marriage as an institution, that it would be good. I had faith in Janet that she, if she promised to stick with me, she would. I had faith in myself that I could make it work and do what I'd promised. So it took a lot of faith, didn't it, to stand up in front of all those people that day and say, yes, we're going to be joined together for our whole life. A lot of faith. But I'll tell you what, when people went home that day, they might have said, didn't Janet look nice? Yes, she did. Wasn't it a nice service? I hope so. But nobody would have said, Jeremy is a faithful husband. 
Why not? That's right. I'd showed faith, all right, but I wasn't worthy of the term faithful, well done, good and faithful husband, because I hadn't put the yards in. I hadn't done the years. All right? And that's what it is like faith. We talk about saving faith. Somebody comes to faith. Yes, that's faith. But we don't really say, well done, good and faithful servant, that minute. Let's see how it turns out. Now, you, many of you know Amy who used to come here. Last year was a year of tragic loss for her. She lost a baby. She lost a husband. She lost a house. Tragic loss, a very difficult time. And, of course, many people tried to send her messages to build up her faith didn't they? You might have yourself. I'll tell you the message I sent. It was from this person. Here's this. It's Dory, okay? Now, Dory was in Finding Nemo, and she does, she's not very bright. In fact, she's pretty dumb. She forgets stuff all the time. And in fact, all she remembers in the end is, what does she remember? Just keep swimming, just keep swimming. She can't, I can't remember what the mission is, but there's something out there. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming. Brains, no. Faith, yes. So I texted Amy, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. And Amy got in touch. She said that there were three other people, or, I, or three, pe- three people or three other people had texted her, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. That was God's message for her. It was about faith, you see. Faith has two parts. One is confidence and assurance, but also the faithfulness to keep going. So faith without works is useless because it's not real faith. You can't have real faith without works. If you see someone whose faith doesn't result in changes and actions, it's not real faith. But if there are changes and your life is showing the fruits of God's Spirit and you're hanging in with God and your Christian mates, even when it gets tough, that is faith. That is faith. And once I learned that, I was liberated. I didn't feel like a twit so much. I might be like Dory, losing the plot sometimes, but I just keep swimming. And that's faithfulness and that's faith. Got it? So this message is for anybody sitting out there who goes, oh, I don't think I'm a great person of faith. Well, did you hang in there? You can do that. You might be like Jeremy. You pray for the car and it won't start. But keep going. Don't give up. Learn to fix cars. (laughs) Now, I want to show you a work of faith here. Do you know what it is? Yes, you do, Anna. It's Lanark Castle. And I, I love it. I went there just a few weeks ago. And I, I, just, I, could, I just soak it up. I love restoration. I love restoring things of beauty. I love people who take something that's all wrecked and fix it up. And in 1967, the Barkers arrived on the step. They, they had been uh, married one year. This picture is taken a little later. They'd been married one year. First baby on the way, they say, we better have a honeymoon. So they pile in the van and they tour the South Island like you do, like you did. And when they arrive on the front doorstep of Larnock Castle, they go, wow, and they buy it. <laughs> they buy this wrecked castle. Boy, it was a mess. It was a mess, wasn't it? You see, all this precious woodwork and beautiful stuff inside endangered because the roof leaks. And it's like, where do you start? The, the ele- oh, it was, it was a mess. It was just yuck. But they had a vision, you see. The Barkers had a vision. And the vision was that one day this place could be something special and beautiful. In fact, their vision, their faith was... Uh, they thought this, this is worth it. See, if it wasn't worth it, they wouldn't have carried on, would they? Without faith, you can't do works, really. Others will help, they thought, in faith. And they have. They've got a staff of 90 now. Money will come in to do it, they thought. And it did. People paid to go and look at it. I paid to look at it in 1970. 
wow, boy, this is going to be great. I believe they could do it, and they have. What a thrill to be there the other day. You see, whatever is not from faith is sin. If they didn't believe they could do it, if they didn't believe they could actually fix this castle up, it would have been a sin because their children are sentenced to live in a cold house and have broke parents. Tradesmen won't get paid. Their life would be wasted. But they hung in there. And now if you go there, what a beautiful, beautiful place it is. And uh, to me, just to walk around and remember what it was like, because I did remember, uh, what a privilege, what a beautiful place. I recommend it. It's a wonderful place. But as the castle changed, they changed too. The young mother became an old lady. She's just turned 80. That's her. The baby grew up. That's him. His name is Norcom, Norcom Barker, and he's the managing director now. Has been for years. He's got four children of his own. And they lived there. That's their family home. So as the castle was changed, the people were changed too. And now that old lady of 80 is deeply grateful for the chance to have done something so remarkable and for all the people, a great love for people, for all the people who've enjoyed it and helped. She's got a huge love for everyone who's involved, for us when we go and visit. She loves showing this place off, their family home. So what's that got to do with us? Well, God is building a spiritual house more precious than any beautiful castle. What's he making it out of? What's God building his house out of? He's building it out of us. This is what it says. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen and precious in God's sight, so you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. God can see the vision. The vision is a church that's perfect and beautiful. He's faithful, and he's prepared to hang in there for as long as it takes. And what about us? Can we see the vision by faith, where God's taking us, even if we can't see it with our eyes? Can we see it with our faith eyes? And are we prepared to keep at it, even if it's hard? And it will be. If things go wrong, they will be. They will. What if people let us down? Could happen. Because if you are, if you're prepared to keep going, then that is real faith. Let's have a look at a final, whoops, hang on, what have we done there? I've, I've been clicking through these things without meaning to. The, the, the Bible says this, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest, if what? That's from Galatians 6, 9, if we do not give up. The Bible says that. So let's not get tired of doing good things. At the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't get up. If we don't get up. <laughs> we won't if we don't get up. Come on, Jeremy, if we don't give up. All right, so let's go back to the paddles. You know, Murray started this whole series by saying that if you have faith without works, it's dead, it's useless. And that's straight from the Bible. And the Bible also says if you have works without faith, well, Jeremy's going to say this, if you have works without faith, you can't sustain it. Because if you don't have the vision, if you don't think it's worthwhile, you'll give up. So works and faith go together so much, in fact, that the more I think about it, instead of canoe paddles, they're all faith. You see, because your works are faith. Your works are your faith in action. So there we are. We're going to just finish off with a song, and it's about God's faithfulness. It says this. Listen to this, because this is a picture of how we should be. Reliable, steady. It says this. Great is your faithfulness, O God my Father. There is no shadow of turning. That means there's no chance of change with you. You do not change. 
your loving kindnesses do not fail. As you have been, you forever will be. Great is your faithfulness. Summer and winter and springtime and harvest, sun, moon and stars in their courses above, you can set your watch by them. Join with all nature in manifold witness, that means it all together in witnessing, to your great faithfulness, mercy and love. Let's sing the song. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com.